t-shirts in the shop. Just go to pgttcm.com, check out all of our cool t-shirts and stickers. Heck, we even got some shower curtains in there. Keep clean, look cool, have cool stickers to put on stuff. Join us on Patreon and get a free sticker. Or don't. It's up to you. spine-tingling, nerve-shattering podcast featuring all your favorite monsters. You won't believe your ears when you listen to Monster Kid Radio. Hear your host, Derek M. Cook, and his ever-rotating stable of guests discuss your favorite classics and sometimes not-so-classic monster movies. Subscribe to Monster Kid Radio through iTunes or Stitcher, or visit monsterkidradio.net before the next weekly episode of Monster Kid Radio. Go through the archives for interviews with Sarah Karloff, Victoria Price, and Joel Hodson. Listen to discussions about movies like Creature from the Black Lagoon, Island of Terror, and King Kong. And don't forget convention coverage from Monster Bash and the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival, Classic Monsters, Modern Talk, and The Head of Rondo Hatton, only on Monster Kid Radio. This episode is brought to you by California Tea House. California Tea House is a family-owned tea store where you can find some of the world's best loose-leaf tea and organic herbal tea blends. Like a fine wine, there is no comparison between fine loose-leaf and common broken-leaf tea bags. So, yeah, no, check them out. Check them out. They have quite a bit of pretty awesome tea collections. I'm a huge fan of their white teas. Uh, They have a tea club that you can join, but, you know, they've got green tea, black tea, white tea, oolong, that uh, robios and herbal tea. They've also got teaware. So check out California Tea House in the show notes. Hey, everyone, it's me, D.B., New sponsor on the show, Clary. Clary offers a great price and better quality goods and services for music lovers. Are you looking for good prices, free shipping, 100% quality guarantee? Clary's got you covered. Guitars, bass guitars, mandolins, they've got saxophones, trumpets, drums, they've got guitar cases, amplifiers, all the stuff that you need without having to break the bank. Inexpensive doesn't have to mean cheap. Check out the show notes to find more about Glary. 20-watt amplifiers for under $50. Hard cases for your electric guitar for under $80. Guitars themselves for under $90. Come on, folks, check out the show notes. Get a Glary. You're listening to KZOM, Oleander Public Radio. It's me, D.B. Spitzer, and uh, this fellow over here. That's that's Farmer Dave. Farmer Dave, how the heck is it going? I am doing virtually well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything fun and interesting going on the farm this week? Well, no, just, you know, uh, Ralph the Rooster seems to be uh, protecting its, his chucks, which are part chicken, part ducks. Yes, yeah. So they kind of look like chickens with long ducks, and they seem to be growing very fast. Interesting. Rate late, maybe by the end of the month, as big as horses. Okay, all right. Well, we'll keep everyone tuned in with that. Yeah, everything's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty boring out by the cemetery these days. I mean, nothing exciting's happened in quite some time, but yeah. Uh, hey, October is always that way up there. It just yeah. sort of, you would think that, you would think that Oleander would be a town that would get really excited about Halloween, but it doesn't. It, oh. it just sort of. Yeah, everything kind of peters down uh, around October. But yeah, no, things, uh, I mean, uh, cemetery tours go up, but that's 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 about it. That's about it. And 
yeah, uh, we're going to be talking about some, uh, some I don't know, a Blasted Heath. And, and, and I, I don't mean uh, Farmer Dave. Uh, yes. for, 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 for those who, <laughs> those who only know me as Farmer Dave, Heath is my last name. I, I actually had a friend say, well, if you ever start a podcast yourself, it should be called The Blasted Heath. Yeah, that'd be fun. All right. And we're also going to be talking about Robert Blake. And we don't mean the little rascal uh, who is also in a David Lynch film. And uh, and Beretta. 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 That was Beretta. the one I was trying to remember. <laughs> who was found innocent of a, a major crime, but we won't go there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I went there. You went there. Yeah. Robert I Blake and Blasted Heath. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into this, uh, Robert Blake stuff. Now I, I, I looked up some things and it says that he's a main character in a trilogy of stories. And I've, I've only read really one of them. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. No, that's, that's Robert Blake in that story. That's sure. That's, that's. Well, well that one he's definitely named. And yeah. then the, the third one, uh, uh, again, spoilers. These are, you know, what, 88-year-olds, 89-year-old stories. Yeah. But um, uh, uh, spoilers, it, it is that Blake dies in The Haunter in the Darkness. Yes. Um, so the other story is, and we will get a little bit into that, uh, is The Shadow of the Steeple. Mm-hmm. And where his friend believes that the throwaway character um, in the, uh, literally throwaway, is the character that, um, Lovecraft had throw away the shining trapezoid mm-hmm. and Hunter uh, of the Dark, uh, Dr. Ambrose Dexter, mm-hmm. uh, caused his murder. Okay. Uh, caused his death, and that he is some sort of terrible alien god or possessed by God. Um, and, and I think we'll probably talk a little bit about Ambrose Dexter a little bit later. Uh, but so he's not in the third one he's mentioned he is the inspiration for the third one mm-hmm. but this takes place about 30 years or so after his death yeah yeah okay. um and then the first one is um oh i just had a, a mind blank here i'm sorry the first story is um the Shrambler from the Stars. Yes, which of course was written by um, Robert Block. And, mm-hmm. and Robert Blake is a proxy for um, Robert Block, who is most famous in America for writing Psycho. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, he's one of the, because of that, he didn't make a lot of money. I think he only made like $5,000 in the movie Psycho. Huh. But it built his name. Yeah. So he's one of the few pulp writers, uh, gothic horror or, not, or cosmic horror writers from this time, that has a modicum of money when he dies. Yeah. He wrote three episodes of the original Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you and I were having a sort of discussion. And, and I'm going, I have to remember, it's probably been 10 years since I, I read The Shambler. Yeah. But I didn't really think that the narrator, which is first person, mm-hmm. was Blake. But you're saying that you found some evidence that it was? Uh, just just Wikipedia says. That's <laughs> what Wikipedia says. But yeah. Um, well, we all know that Wikipedia is completely on up. Uh, Correct. Yeah, and, so, and I, I'm going through it, and it's like a nameless narrator, and it's like, well, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> but the, the stories are tied. Yeah, to yeah. best of my knowledge, I don't remember 
him ever being called Blake. Yeah. And then I think his friend was Howard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he goes to visit, and so it, it, it obviously is Robert Block and H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. Um, and we get, before we get too far all over the place, um, the Hunter in the Darkness mm-hmm. is the only story that Lovecraft ever dedicated to anyone. Yeah. Um, and it's probably, it, it's hard to tell, probably the last full story he wrote before he died. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, at this time, Robert Block is 16 years old, and he's starting a career as a 16-year-old uh, pulp writer. And he writes uh, Shambler of the Stars probably only as a joke, mm-hmm. but you know he publishes it, in which the Howard, which is the H.P. Lovecraft character, is killed by these aliens. Um and then, and, we, and Ralph loves that. That's mm-hmm. one of Ralph's favorite stories, if you heard him. But then, in response, someone in, uh, you know, Strange Tales says, "Hey, you know, you ought to, you ought to do the favor, return the favor, Lovecraft. You ought to kill." Uh, uh, Robert Block in a story. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get um, uh, The Hunter in the Darkness. Now, it's always been associated with Shambler, but up until you brought it up, I'd never thought in the same character. Because the way I remember, sort of, I remember uh, Blake, although he was a fiction writer, I believe a fiction writer and a reporter, mm-hmm. he was kind of naive to the mythos. Yeah. So uh, I don't think that he had seen this incredible life-changing event that uh, the main character in Shambler saw. Okay. But uh, you know, uh, I'm sure that, I'm sure Ken Height or Scott Glancy are going to come on the show and say David is so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like I said, um. Uh, Blake is is definitely a, a block XP, mm-hmm. um, and it, basically the main character sets off one of I think Lovecraft's better known, uh, more beloved story was the Hunter in the Dark, All right. um, where he finds basically these books in an abandoned church. Uh, and he is then chased by this sort of three-lobed-eyed uh, mythos deities. Yeah. Uh, it gets mentioned, uh, and definitely the books, uh, you know, I think Lieber talks about him in The, the Borrowers of Beneath. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lumley definitely takes on from there. Uh, so it is a jumping point, but the probably the, the best one is the one that Block wrote himself. And that's when Blake's uh, friends realized, hey, you know, that was supernatural. And this this character that is in like two or three sentences of of the uh, uh, hunter, uh, Dr. Ambrose um, uh, Dexter, who basically he throws away the the. Uh, Trap, uh, the shining trapezoid, which mm-hmm, is sort of the mm-hmm. communicator between uh, this avatar of Narla Hotep. Um, but in in Steeple, he goes back and gets it. Yeah. And he's a medical doctor. So Steeple takes 30, place 30 years or so after, after World War II, uh, um, in, in the 50s. And it's written in the 50s. And so, so Block, this is literally 30, 35 years from when Block wrote The Shambler. He sort of concludes this. Okay. But he falls in time. So, so there, there's actually you know, 30 years delay in the action. Um, and so Ambrose uh, Dexter mm-hmm. goes back to college and he gets this degree in nuclear physics. 
and he goes and helps America develop the atom bomb. Okay. Uh, and, and so Block, uh, Blake's friend says, oh, no, you know, this is, uh, you know, he's he's this chaos god. He's going to go ahead and try to destroy the world. Uh-huh. So he goes in to, to, to threaten him and kill him, and he, and he denies it. And then the lights go off, and, and, and Dr. Ambrose glows. And the friend dies of a heart attack. Hmm. Uh, and then the cops come and say, oh, well, it's, you know, I, I glow because I've been exposed to all this radiation when I was working on the Trinity Project. Yeah. And the cops say, oh, okay, he's crazy. But there, there's the thing about this, that the animals will come to Narlahotep, and at the end he summons two escaped panthers. And it turns out, well, yeah, Narla, it, it was all true. The, the, the guy who died was all true. Yeah. Uh, and in a lot of a lot of books, the three stories are 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 back to back, so you can read them as a trilogy. Okay, okay, cool, very cool. Something I have to say, I, I keep thinking about uh, uh, hunt uh, hunter from the hunter from the darkness, and hmm. just like kind of the concept of like. Blake sees this 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 church off in the distance and is like, what is that place? Where is that? And explores. And it's that's always something I've really kind of enjoyed. Uh like growing up in Portland, uh Portland metro area, it's kind of urban exploration, like being like, hey, where's that water tower off in the distance where, where, you know, and then like looking up maps and trying to figure out, Hey, what's this weird structure over here that you see when you're going on this overpass in this heavily forested area? How do you get to there? Where are the roads and stuff like that? And it's always, I don't know, uh, something fun that my friends and I have always kind of enjoyed doing. Um, not like malicious trespassing, but just kind of exploring, I don't know, urban landscapes. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Also, we ha- so so I, I I had and I've only in the last year sure sort of come to to rectify sort of this. I had a problem with the story. Yeah, and the the, the these things in the church happened in like the 1870s or something. Yeah, and 60 years ago, 60 years later, Blake breaks in. Uh huh. And he finds the body, and he finds all of these these books. Yeah. And, and you're telling me that nobody got like you and curious and broke into this church in 60 years. And, and, and finally, I've sort of rectified that, uh-huh. and, and it, it's kind of a uh, lampshade. But it really bothered me the first time I read it. A great story, but I just don't buy this. Well. It's now the hotel's well. Uh-huh. That, 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 you know, it, it, that, it, you know, something happened that now the hotel basically it didn't register in people's mind, or if people did break in, they got scared. Because if you think of this as now the hotel knowing at least some of the future, mm-hmm. he leads that this is it leads into a complicated, overly complicated, but I'm not putting over complication sure. past Narlahotep, that he's going to lead this because he knows it's going to lead to the point where he is assisting in the bomb. Yeah. Uh, he is assisting in the destruction of human beings. So it's this somehow his spirits or his, his force of will or his magic prevents people from breaking in until this poor Robert Blake guy comes in. Yeah. I, and I, so th- that with the the full stories mm-hmm. there, it kind of overrides that that problem I had with Hunter and the ori- originally Reed. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I could totally imagine some sort of like a uh, psychic emanation that make the townsfolk of Providence or yeah, I think it takes place in Providence. Or is it supposed to take place? Yeah, in... yeah, I believe it's one of the few ones that is set in Providence. So the people of Providence and, and Rhode Island in general and, and, and stretching out, heck, even to Delaware maybe, uh, you know, anywhere that you could see this this uh, church steeple from, uh, it emanates a psychic kind of dulling, kind of like, I don't know, the bad guy in the shadow making that whole building like not existent to everyone in New York. But, you know, I mean, 
if, if but if you put it with a steeple, it makes sense why he's doing it. Sure. Yeah. And 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 uh, you know, just waiting for the right person to be able to perceive it, and then going, "Hey, that's the right person," and letting things happen. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Kind of like you know, Doctor Strange, you know, uh, you know, fourteen whatever million future possibilities, and, and, and I win in one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Very cool stuff. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's an interesting character, even though it's not that interesting of a character. It's just kind of like this, this, this person who I, I feel like is all, almost kind of like handpicked by the mythos. <laughs> there's, there's certain people that I feel like uh, necessarily maybe saw a little bit too much and then the mythos saw them back and i i think robert blake is one of those 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 characters much like randolph carter yeah and and with the exception of carter and maybe a few others lovecraft's not a characterization is just almost he he creates characters Mm -hmm. as as a second thought yeah Characters are there because they're needed to move the story. Sure. Uh, and so that's about as developed a character as Lovecraft gets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, is do we, do we have anything else for uh, Robert Blake, do you think? Um, That's really, like I said, uh, um, uh, if we're not going to be talking about the, the star of the TV show, mm-hmm. uh, Little Rascals, then I think we about did it. All right. Uh, okay. So yeah, that's it for Robert Blake. And uh, let's see. We're going to be talking to uh, to, to uh, Dwayne. Yeah. So uh, this week we're going to be talking with uh, Dwayne. Uh, how do you say Dwayne's last name? I only talked yeah, to him I'm on Facebook sure I, about cats and guitars. For last names, yeah, but I'm, it's Dwayne PC. Dwayne PC. Okay, yeah, I just know that he has a really cool bass and a really cool cat, and lives in Arizona in an area that I lived probably about like ten miles away from at one point in time. But yeah, no, it's, it's super cool. What'd you what'd y'all talk about? So we talked about he was uh, good friends with the the late. Uh, Joe Pulver. Cool. Uh, talked about that. Uh, talked about mythos, and also about uh, sort of a pulp uh, project where he's uh, writes a story where uh, his Patreon people send him pictures of uh, 1950s style or so female astronauts, and he writes a story about them. Very cool. Very, very cool. I'm excited to hear that. So we'll do that. And then after that, we're going to have the break. And then we're going to do some D&D on D&D where we will be talking about that blasted Heath. And again, I don't mean Dave. All right. See y'all after the break. Welcome to Usmuth, stranger. I'm Rob Poynton from the Innsmouth Book Club. Join me and my fellow guide, John Chadwick, as we take you on a fortnightly tour of Innsmouth. We visit places such as the Picture House, the Library and Innsmouth Museum to discuss all aspects of weird fiction, whether it be book, film, music, TV or art. As well as that, we stop over at the Gilman House to have a chat with a resident guest That includes authors, artists, musicians, in fact, Lovecraftian creatives of all types. You can find our free shows on Patreon, and there you can also sign up as a patron, which brings you bonus content, plus a monthly PDF copy of Innsmouth News, which features articles, author spotlights, all the latest news and reviews, and more. You can find us at patreon.com, forward slash Innsmouth BC. We hope to see you soon, because remember, Innsmouth isn't just a place, it's a state of mind. This month, 
Bandwidth is brought to you by Psychedelic Water. Legal psychedelics suspended in green tea and then put inside of a can for you. Psychedelic Water. Who needs a Tillinghast resonator when you've got psychedelic water? Are you a curvy girl? Do you know a curvy girl? You love a curvy girl. Check out the show links for curvy girl. Plus size clothing for plus size women. Oh, Larry. Find, find student instruments, beginner's instruments. If you want to modify a guitar, check out Glary. If you want to get into guitars, if you love guitars, Glary. Things from another world. It's a store that has art. It has toys. It has comics, graphic novels. It is the place if you like that kind of stuff. Dave and I have talked about it in the show before. They were ever a sponsor. Dave likes to check out their stuff. I like to check out their stuff. They're pretty cool. Toys, art, graphic design, not graphic design, graphic novels for you. Thanks from another world. Check out the show notes. Uh, check out the links on, on our website, PGPTCM. We've got specific stuff there to let you know what they've got going on for specials. Anyway, thank you again so much. Did you know that there is a THC derivative that's legal called Delta 8? Not to be confused with the Delta variant, but Delta 8. Yeah. Uh, you can get it in chewable form, and it's sold at uh, what, what, what's what's Golden Goat CBD, one of our sponsors. Yeah, you can get some Delta Eight, and you can also pick up some CBD chewables gummies. They've got smokables for the Delta Eight, and they've got all kinds of stuff for CBD, and they can help you out. Uh, check the show notes, Golden Goat. And while you're in the show notes, hey, do you know about Donner? Donner has so many amazing musical instruments from all kinds, mandolins, banjos, they've got drums, they've got amplifiers, they've got guitars, they've got all kinds of stuff, and they ship worldwide. Check out Donner. I think you're going to like it, and I think Donner's going to have a good deal for you. So I, I love their electric guitars. A lot of the music that I perform for the show is either on one brand or it's on a Donner. So check out Donner. And check out some savings. All right. Thank you once again for listening to People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. You can help show your support by going to the show notes and following any of the links that'll tell you how to support the show and how to support our guests. And thank you to all of our guests who you can find in the show notes. Rate, review, subscribe. And remember, patrons get priority access to asking us questions, suggesting topics, even, I don't know, uh, submitting stuff. Actually, you don't have to be a patron to submit anything. That's how Dave got on the show, and that's how you can get on the show, too. It's the People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. Thank you for listening. Back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. I know that to you, it's probably just been seconds since you heard my voice. But for me, it, it's been a while since I've been with you. I, I missed you. But I brought a friend, and we have Dwayne Precise here today. Uh, Dwayne, uh, maybe you tell the audience a little bit about some of the things that you're doing and have done. Okay. Um, what I am working on getting... Born right now is a two-volume set of tributes to the late Joe Pulver called Nightmares in Yellow. Um, the ebook is due out tomorrow, supposedly, but it's Amazon, so, you know, it's, it's flexible for them and not for me. And the paperback is due out shortly. The hardcover maybe later this month or towards Halloween. And, and, and by the time that we get this on the on the air, it'll probably have been out for about a week or two. Probably. The, or or, or the, let's uh, hope. at least the ebook. Right, let's hope, because it's, again, it's Amazon and they drag their feet for no reason whatsoever sometimes. 
and, and we'll have we'll definitely have links to that. Uh, what else are you projects are you working on? Well, I'm doing an anthology of folk horror tales called The Dark Heart of the Wood. Um, right now and for the rest of the month of September, we're running a GoFundMe to help finance that. Okay, um, I, I hate crowdfunding, but sometimes you have to because I'm a... I'm on social security disability and that's a fixed income and I make the rest by hustling writing. Sure. sure. And, and you've got a third project too, don't you? I have all kinds of projects. Um, I don't know which one we're referring to. Oh, I, I was thinking about the, the pulp one. Oh yes. The space girls. I'm doing a series of Space Girl pulpy short stories for the people on my Patreon page. Um, I had a dozen or so artists give me free artwork, and eventually that's going to become a chapbook. Excellent. And, and that's spelled S-P-A-C-E-G-U-R-L, right? Yes. So, so you, you, you don't know this, but our first goat was named... Hit girl, uh, uh -huh. spelled G U R L. That was the first goat that was sort of given to us, and so many of her descendants, many of the goats on our farm, now uh, last name is spelled G U R L. Oh God, that's pretty cool, huh? Synchronicity, great minds and all that. Yeah, uh, you know, I, we're definitely going to plan on. Uh, I want to talk about each of your projects coming up, but um, since we are kind of a Lovecrafty and Cthulhu Mythos uh, website. Uh, uh -huh. How did you get introduced to Lovecraft? Well, I was a comics reader when I was a kid. I mean, real young. I learned to read when I was like two and a half, three years old. And I went right to comics. And I would read Doctor Strange and the Fantastic Four, mostly. They were my favorites. Okay. And Doctor Strange had the hoary hosts of Hogwarts when Ditko was writing him. And this is like 1967, I think. Oh, okay. And I saw that, and I went to the library, and I saw the Dream Quest of Unknown K-Death. And I'm like, wow, that sounds like Hogwarts. That's got to be cool. And I looked at the cover, and I had cats. And I've always loved cats. So I took it home. And that's how I discovered Lovecraft. Awesome. So so I was in Lovecraft when I, before I was into comics. I didn't really get into comics until I had graduated college and I had my own money to buy my own comics. Ah. And so I went to the bookstore like during, uh, you know, midterms or something. That's how I calmed down. I'd go to a bookstore and there was this graphic novel about Arkham Asylum. And I was like all excited. Oh my goodness. It's Lovecraft comic books. And I opened it up and it's a Batman. And I was disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. I was too by that because, it's Arkham. It should have, you know, Arkham. Yeah, now, 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 now I respect the, sort of the Arkham Asylum as opposed to Arkham Sanitarium for its own. But, but back then, I, I was disappointed. Yes. So, um... The, you, the timing worked for me because I was... I grew up with Marvel Comics. They were born the same year as I was. Mm. So, you know, when I was a kid, it was they were 10 cents, 12 cents. Yeah. Or, you know, two bucks, three bucks with foil covers and six different editions. Yeah. So it was easier to get into them then. Oh, much easier. Now, you were talking about uh, doing a, a, a tribute to uh, Joe, Joe Pulver. Now, you, you were friends with him, correct? Yes, I was. Uh, and I believe he passed away in, in 2020? Yes. Yeah. Um, um, last, last April, I believe. Yeah. Well, definitely my condolences there. And, and you know, I've read him, read many things uh, that were, you know, edited by him and definitely influenced by him. But I didn't know him personally. I had never met him personally. Were there something maybe you could share, some experiences or, or some memories that you have of him? Sure. Um, firstly, if anybody has never read anything by Joe, I recommend you pick up. Bud will have its season, which is a volume of his shorter work and is probably the best and most overwhelming introduction 
that you can find. All of his things are good, but that was the one that knocked me on my butt. Mm. Um, Joe was really, he was very open-minded about what he would consider reading. And when I was trying to edge my way back into writing Cthulhu Mythos stories, one of the things I was considering was branching out into the King in Yellow. So I had known who Joe was, but had not known him. I friended him on Facebook and started talking to him about my idea that Carcosa is a death world. Everything is trying to kill you. And that the king is controlling the play, and the play basically functions as the amber of evil. You know, like Roger Zelazny's amber is the only true thing, and everything else is reflections of that. Well, everything evil are reflections of the play. Okay. And that takes place on Carcosa, which is this death world. And I've got this whole elaborate world-built scheme around that. And Joe was very supportive of that. I expected him to be, no, no, I am the king of the king in yellow. I am the mayor of Carcosa and so on and so forth. But he was, he was very welcoming. And that we became friends through that and through the fact that we both loved noir. Okay. Well, excellent. So, so um, your, uh, your, your tribute to him is going to have quite a few uh, noir influences, uh, I suspect. It's going to have some, it's uh, two volumes, 62 stories, poems, essays, um, mostly by friends of his or people that are influenced by him. They're probably three quarters of the books are brand new fiction. Oh, excellent. Or, or poetry. And then there is uh, some reminiscences that came from a Joe Pulver tribute done by Mike Davis from the Lovecraft Ezine, okay. and a couple dozen people submitted things to that in tribute to Joel while he was still around, and we've we're, we've elected to preserve those in the book. Mike has given permission, and all the other writers have given their permission to reproduce that material. Excellent. That's some of the top writers in the field, and in addition, the new fiction has some of the top people. Excellent, and and that should be. And we'll make sure there's notes, but that should be, by the time people are listening to this, that should be out by now. Yes. Um, right now, we're talking September the 2nd or the 3rd. I forget what day today is. It's the 2nd or the 3rd. It's, it's the 2nd. I Very good. Back, though. Right. It's Well, it's due out on the 3rd, according uh, on, to... On the Fridays. Yes, on Friday the 3rd, according to Amazon. And again, they drag their feet. I've had experience with the foot dragging, so I'm not going to pronounce it out there until it's out there. But yeah, it, it should be out. And then there's a two-volume paperback set, and in October there will be a two-volume hardcover set. Excellent. Now, now your other pro one of the other projects you said was folk horror. So, what, what's your definition of folk horror? Folk horror generally is supposed to take place in a pastoral setting and generally involves some sort of cult and folklore or runic circumstances that are either consecrated or practiced by that cult. So if you look at it from that point of view in a little slant-wise, things like the Call of Cthulhu could be seen as folk horror, if only for the scene in the woods outside New Orleans. Louisiana. I, when you were talking, I was thinking of the, the festival. The festival absolutely is folk horror. That's, that's one of my influences there. We've got some interesting interpretations of how folk horror is done. Uh, it's the second volume in a set. The first one is still out, and that's sold really decently. I've, I've a, walk in darker, a Walk in a Darker Wood, that's the title of it. Oh, excellent. excellent. Now, my degree is in history, and, and part of it I really loved studying was folklore and folk, folk history. Were there any f specific, uh, without you know spoiling stories, was there any folklore stories that you use maybe in one of them or, or more? Yes. Um, I, I try to find something that is not 
parodies or imitations of the Wicker Man sort of paradigm. Okay. Like, what was that? That movie in Sweden that was so well thought of recently. I, I'm blanking on titles. I'm just, I'm old. Midsummer. I, I didn't yes, see that. One. That's that's the one. Yeah, I was. That was pretty good from that sense. I was not taken with it as a movie. I thought it had too many moving parts that just spun in place. But from the folk horror angle, that was good, and it wasn't the wasn't really the Wicker Man. Although it echoed the Wicker Man paradigm, it wasn't English countryside like so much folk horror is. Yeah. You know, some of the things that we have in the books are Native American. Um, I did one personally that's probably on the outer edge of what you'd consider folk horror. It was a collaboration with Maxwell Gold using some of his Cyber Gods characters mm. and trying to mold um, things like Reddit into a folk horror setting. Oh, excellent. That definitely is, sounds appropriate. Right. It's, it's, I like to consider the farthest frontier of what we're doing. Now, there are people who would not consider that folk horror at all. Yeah. Now, now you, you had mentioned, oh, I say you had mentioned the Wicker Man, too. So yeah. I have this unusual sort of relationship with Wicker Man. And the, the fact that the first place I ever saw it was at UCLA in my um, uh, Druids in Fact and Fiction class and the teacher just tore this movie apart saying well that's not what they really believe that's not what they really believe and of course i had to have their the teacher's opinion because i had to put that on the test i need to sort of wash that away and just re rewatch it as for, for the movie as the movie's sake mm-hmm so sort of maybe jumping from a uh, sort of a pastoral to uh, into the far space. What are, what about? Let us know a little bit about your uh, your new um, pulp space girl pro, uh, package or project. Well, like I said before, I had a dozen drawings that I had solicited from people to offer something to the people on my Patreon page because, quite honestly, I am haphazard about updating and I, I hate that people are sending me money and there's no content for them so I, I dreamed up this project because I love pulps I oh, really absolutely. love like pulp science fiction I grew up on that and I thought it would be nice to take like these women especially instead of having it to be all you know male dominated and all that have these women go to these other planets and find out what's there and just interact and make it all pulpy and zany and just have it be fun, just to have something be fun. Because I, I get so much horror, 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 and I, I just want to do something fun. Excellent. And, and so this was basically people presented you pictures, and then you wrote a story about the picture, correct, or inspired by yes. the picture? Absolutely. That was the whole idea. I'm like, draw me a picture and I'll do a story and then you'll get credit for the drawing. And then when we sell it, you'll get some money. And, and, and was this sort of like with, uh, you know, the traditional uh, fins and dart shaped uh, spaceship and, and girls with large bullfish helmets? Um, not really. That was what I thought it was going was going to be, but people ended up being a little bit more creative than that. And a lot of the people that I asked are not really familiar with, like Kelly Frias drawings or anything like that. That would have the big the big bubble helmets. No, they're not familiar with the the covers of old science fiction paperbacks, which made it interesting. Yeah, so it's sort of a new world and a, a sort of an old world together? Absolutely, absolutely, and actually very diverse. I've got one that has a, a Latin American protagonist, mm -hmm. another one has a black protagonist, and these just happened. I didn't ask for them to be that way, but they were presented that way. I'm like, oh, cool. And I have one that is a uh, human-alien hybrid 
which I've just gotten and have yet to write up, but that's going to be very interesting too. And you can get that on your uh, Patreon page now, but you said soon you'll be able to get it for uh, as a chapbook. Well, you can't get them on the Patreon yet. They're just going up on there, but it will be individual chapbooks of each of the adventures. They're about 15 pages each. Excellent, excellent. So there'll be like four fifty-five dollar chapbooks, and then eventually there will be a collection if I write enough of them. But I'm I'm imagining for uh, Christmas stocking stuffers, it, those chapbooks will be available. Oh, yeah, excellent. Or or like an overstuffed uh, stuffed birthday card, slip it in with a a uh, birthday card or something. Yes, absolutely. So something it sounds like you are super busy, but. If you could have one project, basically your dream project, medium and, you know, money, not not an issue, what would it be? It would be a graphic novel. I have a story called Fear and Loathing and Innsmouth that involves deep ones in the Innsmouth Yacht Regatta instead of the some of the setting of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Ah, okay. So I've basically transplanted the plot of Fearing and Loathing in Las Vegas into the shadow over Innsmouth. Oh, okay. Anyway. And it's also funny. Oh, excellent. I would, I, I would love to see it in the graphic medium. Now, um, before we're – and really appreciate you, you being on and hope to have you on again soon – but before we run out of time here, uh, any other things that you'd like to add or projects that maybe you're working on? Well, I've got my first full-length collection probably coming out in January. It's called Crazy Town, and it's set in a bit of a dystopia. All of the characters are disadvantaged in some way whether that be financially, whether they are disabled. And the stories revolve around their trying to come to terms with those disabilities. Excellent. And so it's a, a short, a sort of inter interconnected short story collection? Yes. What you call a mosaic novel or a theme collection, either way. Okay. Excellent. And uh, hopefully, like I said, we will have you on again as we get closer to that. But will that also be through Amazon? Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, like I said, we'd love to have you maybe on again, especially uh, right before that goes out. But uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thanks for having me. I enjoyed this. Do you like the TV series Tales from the Crypt? Are you interested in full episode and movie reviews from Tales from the Crypt? This podcast is for you. The Good Evening Kitties podcast, where I, Melissa, your ghostess with the mostess, recap every episode with special guests and bonus horror movie reviews. The Good Evening Kitties podcast can be found on most podcast platforms. Check it out today. everybody you know if i wait 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 wait. oh sure Ooh, they are all here thank you oh yeah 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 hey everybody what what i had to count oh oh yeah no no i i I just i think we've got a couple extra people now oh that's weird okay yeah no normally i just uh i i just you know as soon as people are seated i just go okay cool no no that that lady's on the bus again okay cool oh yeah no someone's on a, a flight okay all right all right and someone's doing dishes. Okay, cool. We're set. I think our listeners split in half with mitosis. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're, we're, we're talking uh, D&D on D&D, and, uh, as, as you heard from the theme song. But we're going to be talking Blasted Heath. And uh, for those of you who uh, do remember, 
uh, you know that it is from The Color Out of Space. And of those of you who don't remember, it's from The Color Out of Space. You now remember. Now you remember. So, Dave, what would you describe the Blasted Heath as? Well, it's basically, I mean, it is out of color, out of space. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it um, is basically, it it dies. The the color basically sucks the life out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, I was doing a little research for here. I know you're gassed. I did some research. But apparently someone made a a men's cologne called the Blasted Heath. Mm. I don't know if there's any left. But... um, and uh, but also, um, if you wanted a good reference mm-hmm. to uh, the Blasted Heath, uh, I believe it's in the Dunwich, uh, the Dunwich uh, horror source book. Okay, all right, where, where it talks about it. I couldn't remember if it was in the Arkham or the Dunwich, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's the Dunwich okay. one. Cool. But I'm go- again, I'm going off of my memory mm-hmm. uh, for uh, Chaosium. Um, so it's this real vibrant, um, vibrant, um, uh, you know, area of growth and plants and animals, and, and then it just starts decaying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's like the. Uh vegetation uh first it seems like wow everything's growing really fast and then everything's growing too fast and then everything starts growing large and unnatural and almost blasphemous or like lewd looking and 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 the trees branches and leaves all sway in a wind that doesn't exist so i don't know if 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 it's like uh now 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 things are starting to exist on like a fourth dimensional plane and that's why everything looks so bizarre to us or i don't know <laughs> well, and, and and one thing that in the 20s and the 30s mm-hmm. they, they would have had some understanding of and not the level we do but they would have had science would have had a little understanding and i'm sure lovecraft read about that sure would be the effect of radiation yeah um and so you know in in a stories you know it's a little bit different. I mean, you can do, well, think of it, you know, it's like the cursed land. Sure. And, and you have the sort of Arthurian or, you know, pretty much most that the king is associated with the land. Mm -hmm. If the king is healthy, the land is healthy and vice versa. So you could have sort of like this, all of a sudden, the king's dying, yeah. And so this this area of his land, um, and it was a meteorite. So you've got to send out your explorers to find out, you know, whether it's the giant rooster or if it's the <laughs> the, the, the the meteorite. Um, and, and you know, that's one. So you know, they know how to kill dragons. They know yeah. how to kill orcs. What does your your team of, you know, of druids and paladins and, and scoundrels, how do they take care of a meteorite? Yeah, very true, very true. I, I, I was thinking a, a interesting call to adventure, an interesting hook could be uh, a uh, open, you know, a, a, a vegetable market where someone from a distant place is bringing fruit that should not have been able to survive that distance that is like very kind of large and bizarre looking or is the wrong color or has off scents like smells like roast beef or or like i don't know like sweet pork when it really should smell like radishes uh just just things that are often and 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 maybe like the land that it comes from isn't necessarily even meteorites maybe it's affected by wizard magic maybe it's a blasted heath of a different sort it's like too much wizard experimentation or like a wizard war two thousand years ago or summoning of wiped out by fireballs yeah yeah or or just like uh a wizard uh high-powered wizard's lab exploded there and it just kind of like kept creeping in all directions 
uh, maybe a god was summoned and killed there, and it's just been kind of like, you know, a fertility goddess was like summoned and uh, killed there, and it's just been like kind of killing the land slowly but surely ever since. Do I don't know more more of a Dungeons and Dragons style blasted heath, uh, an alchemical blasted heath, but I don't know some sort of like. Sp Star spawn. Not, well, no, not star spawn. That's a specific thing. Some sort of uh, star creature. Some sort of like color out of space. I mean, is is well, definitely a cool idea. Since well, as, as you were saying, to keep it D and D. Uh huh. And, and, and get, it 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 could be some sort of distorted or perverted mm -hmm. fate. Yeah. Very so true. It, it could be a link. It so, but instead of the traditional sort of mysterious and bluntly deadly it's it's this twisted polluted faith and it's a link it's a link so what you see is is not your universe it's you're actually entering this sort of polluted fey pocket dimension Ooh, interesting interesting what about hey what about this what if the meteorite that would normally have landed in a well <laughs> in uh, Color Out of Space, what if it punctured the Earth in a thin spot and went into an underdark type space? Yeah. That's... You don't think of things, you don't think of things <laughs> from space underground. Yeah. No, it punched a hole through a thin part of our, our crust and uh, uh, ended up in an underground area. And then you have, like, I don't know, uh, gray ashy goblins and maybe it's like spewing out from like underneath and you have to go underground like you know beforehand may maybe it's just affecting some crops above ground but then you have to figure out the source of it you have to go then into the underground and then you have to fight things that have been affected by it i don't know uh something that could be like really really kind of scary for a third level party underground uh may, may, maybe if it's like kind of like dying and ashy like a dying ashy umber hulk uh isn't nearly as well then again maybe that might be terrifying <laughs> if you think that you've got like knocked down half of its hit points and then you just hit it and it like just turns to dust <laughs> oh, or, or you know I, and i get umber hulk you know it's sort of this uh, mineral, as opposed, but you know, maybe it has zombie-like properties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or corrupted properties in the the old, um, you know, heroes of horror for three point five. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that whole and I don't, I'm not sure if it has been moved over to five in in any way. Yeah. But that whole sort of corruption uh, uh, idea, you know, that that is basically what's happening to the blasted heath yeah yeah no i was like what if uh a the the color out of space blasted through the earth's mantle or i don't know uh oarth's mantle or whatever D, &D setting you're going to use and like landed in a mind flare city that that'd be that'd be messed up <laughs> yeah it would <laughs> Um, yeah, no, there's there's a lot of interesting things I think you could do with it. Uh, it you could do uh, all kinds of like kind of like magical pollution with that. You could, oh goodness, and and I'm like, would you be able to use something like that in an urban setting, like maybe in a futuristic game like Cyberpunk or Shadowrun, where it's well, like. Well, Shadowrun definitely I think has the toxic spirits. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, where where you see it, but yeah, you could have intelligent toxic waste in mm -hmm. cyberpunk. Yeah, no, I was just thinking like, what if you had like just like this, uh, I don't know, punched in through like an apartment building into you know like punch through you know you have a meteor thing punch through a bunch of buildings <laughs> and stuff like that, and then like end up in a reservoir or something like that, and uh just stuff starts getting gross and stuff like that. And, you know, just, <laughs> I, I, and, and, I keep going with water-based stuff. But... Don't cancel 4th of July. There's, you know, let's have the parties, even though there's mutant sharks in the reservoir. <laughs> 
definitely, definitely. And I was thinking, oh man, you could definitely do something um, with it with Boot Hill or like any of your like cowboy type games. You just treat it like the story was written because the story takes place in like the late 1800s. You just moved from Massachusetts to like, you know, the old reservoir outside of uh, Tortilla Flats. I don't know. Um, that Tortilla Flats is a real place in Arizona, I think. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean. I, I, I think so. It's also a Steinbeck. Ah. It's a Steinbeck novel. It might be based on a real place, but I'm pretty sure it's a Steinbeck novel. No, yeah, I, 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 I know it's actually a place in Arizona that I've been to. Um, and uh, so, yeah, no, you could, you could uh, pretty much, I mean, what, the color out of space needs a place of water to splash into, or you could make it alchemical, you could make it magical, you could make it spiritual, uh, you know, uh, it could, it could, it's, it's just pretty much, it's, it's, it's a slowing corruption that may or may not be stoppable. Um, you know, spoiler alert for the H.P. Lovecraft story it was a slowly expanding space that uh, the, uh, I don't know, Miskatonic uh, count, yeah, Miskatonic city, count, uh, no, no, county, uh, Arkham, Arkham City Council, I, 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 I don't know the name for the municipal area, uh, decided to turn that area into a reservoir and just covered up with water because it didn't do anything <laughs> or, or you know even and you know you could actually use the actual blasted heath in a, in a modern call cthulhu game oh sure yeah you yeah. know what's happened with all that water mm -hmm. and, and you kind of see a hint of that in the the latest color out of space movie mm -hmm. where you know after when he leaves the reservoir, there's these sort of still mutated bugs there. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, in, I believe, the modern Arkham book that Chaosium put out, I want to say like 10 years ago, 5, 10 years ago? Uh, longer than 5 years ago, but I don't know if it was as long ago as 10 years ago. Uh, they, they, they mentioned something about, uh, like, birth rates and stuff like that, or just, like, kind of people of Arkham and whatnot and how it's like slightly affects them but yeah I don't know um it's it's bad news no matter what <laughs> yeah well and I like and the same thing I like I mean obviously this is supposed to be a hundred years later sure but what if instead of decaying what if in some bizarre way it preserves and so you're exploring the bottom of this reservoir and all of a sudden there's this hundred year old perfectly preserved mansion. Yeah, yeah. Or or house. I mean, I know there's not supposed to have been any mansions there, but you know, you could, you know, say that somebody built a mansion or, or maybe there isn't. There's no record of ever being a mansion built on our world, but it's there. Mm hmm mm hmm Yeah. yeah. And you gotta explore it underwater. Yeah, yeah. Uh something I was thinking of is what if it isn't uh dust what if it like becomes kind of like a crystalline structure or you know like instead of like making it all ashy it collects things out of the air and makes it more slimy where everything becomes more of kind of a an ooze that slowly you know not ash but ooze and all that ooze slowly becomes one big ooze maybe not a sentient ooze that goes around blobbing everything up but all blobs together yeah, yeah. Oh, becomes a a, a shag author. Yeah, yeah. Like, like maybe not not definitely not not a shagath so much, but maybe just kind of like just like this this slime that just keeps growing. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't hurt anyone. It just keeps growing. I mean, it hurts things as of the fact that it's like it covers stuff, and you can't really get rid of it. It's 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 more of like a waste, you know. Yeah, you know, I think that's a I think that's a, a 
we got some really good ideas there. Yeah, yeah, I think we got some good ideas there. Uh, so hey, if if you ever use any of our ideas, we'd love to hear them. If you uh, you know kill your whole party with uh, something that I came up with or something Dave came up with, we'd love to hear We're those sorry. stories. Yeah, no, we we, we want to hear some horror stories. We want to hear some stories of triumph. We want to hear some stories of love and hope. Uh, if if you're still listening to this part here and you haven't switched it to another podcast, thank you so much for listening to People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. Your your uh, I don't know your 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 friends with the Cthulhu Mythos. We we, we, we your soulmates. Yeah yeah um, yeah. We we're hope hoping you are enjoying this, and we hope to see you at the H.P. Lovecraft uh, Film Festival if you're going to be there in person and if you're going to be one of the people tuning in via, uh, I don't know, the, the, the stuff that's going on around the 8th, uh, yeah, check for us. We will be doing something there, hopefully. So anything that you have to add, Dave? No, just uh, I think that for the blasted heath, we are blasting off. Yes, yes, consider us Team Rocket in this case. Yes. <laughs> Team D&D blasting off. Yes. So remember to rate, review, subscribe, tell your ma, tell your pa. We'll ship you down to Sothwagwa. Uh, go to the website, pgttcm.com. That's where you can find all the people who support us. And if you want to become part of the Patreon, you know what? There's directions on that all throughout everything. So thank you again. You're the best. And talk to you later. Bye. Show notes. Check them out. That's where you're going to find sponsors and guests and T-shirts and stickers and high fives. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you later. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to the show. Music is by me, D.B. Spitzer, edited and produced by me, D.B. Spitzer. The interview portions are always edited and produced by David Heath. And hey, you can find us wherever you find podcasts. So check out pgttcm.com. And if you don't want to check out the Patreon, if you don't want to do that, you want to help out the show, just go to sponsors or buy t-shirts or anything like that. Anything helps. Thank you again. You're listening to KZOM, Oleander Public Radio.